Hello and welcome to another episode of Seattle to Unknown. I am Melinda. And I'm Sarah. And we're still a travel podcast for anybody who wants to travel, likes to travel, they drink about travel because that's apparently our new favorite thing. Or just hear stories about travel gone awry that makes you think, hmm, I'm glad I don't travel. I don't like to think of it as gone awry, just more as misadventures because it sounds happier. Well, I mean, (laughs) it sounds like there's nothing that like nobody dies if it's a misadventure. If you say so. I do say so. Uh, Anyways, welcome to this week's episode where we are continuing on about safety for travel. We're kind of focusing more on the pre-safety things. So things you can do before you take off. Precautionary things. Before you get in a situation. Precautionary things. Yeah, there we go. As opposed to the reactionary stuff we had to do last week where we just went, oh shit, we're in a terrible situation. How do we alleviate some of that? You sweat a lot. Hey, you know, nature has (laughs) many defense mechanisms and apparently mine is just stinking like cars up. Who's going to do anything bad to someone smelly? I'm just saying. I feel like your defense mechanism is kind of like being a skunk. And do people mess with skunks? No. No. I'm, yeah. We found your spirit animal at last. One point for me and one point for skunks. Hell yeah. Embrace that life. (laughs) But like not fully, just in moments of fear. Definitely. And when I want to annoy you. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Gee, thanks for thinking of me. You're so welcome. Honestly, look at it this way. My gift to you is that most of the time we're together, I don't do that. You're welcome. Most of the time. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, we have some weekly updates. Yep, we're on cruise ship update number three. What, what? And this is the last one because my parents are officially back in the US. But this is this is a pretty good one. I'm a fan. Yeah, so a couple nights ago, my mom texted me to say that they had gone to a market in Mexico and they had bought what they thought was a Seahawks blanket. Now, put aside the fact that my parents already own probably three Seahawks blankets already, so they probably don't need a fourth one. But she thought it was cute, uh, which is, you know, questionable. She got it. (laughs) You've seen the picture. Is it cute? I have seen that. No, it's awful. I'm sorry. (laughs) And they got back to the cruise ship. And how they made this discovery, I don't know. But it came unfolded. And they realized this might not be a blanket. It is, in fact, a serape. And for those of you who don't know what a serape is, it's basically a poncho like it's a blanket with a hole for the head so like visually if you don't unfold it i could see how you might think it was a blanket but my parents have been to mexico before i'm i i don't know you guys (laughs) (laughs) my parents are now the proud owners of a seahawks serape because what says mexico quite like a serape with a pacific northwest team's logo on it with bands of neon green Oh, it is so bright and just, oh, oh, oh my. (laughs) So now the question is, who is going to get this Serape for Christmas? My bet is on my brother-in-law. Ooh, oh, I was hoping it'd be you. So then you have to wear it for at least one photo and then I can laugh. Well, the problem is, is I'm the only person in the family who doesn't care about the Seahawks at all. Like everyone in my family is very gung-ho about them. I think I'm the only one who doesn't own a jersey or anything. Oh, okay. So it's least likely to go to me unless they're doing it super ironically, like next level irony. Or they're like, you don't have anything Seahawks, Sarah. Here you go. Have a Serape. (laughs) 
Oh, dear. It's... I think we'll post the picture to the Instagram, but... It's so good. Yeah, possibly with my dad's face blurred out of it, because I don't think he would like to be a party to this, but, uh... Probably not, and he doesn't seem that thrilled to be wearing it. No. I don't know how he got to be, like, the lucky the lucky model on that one, either. <laughs> oh, dear. It is so funny, though. <laughs> so, that's the cruise Sorry. update. That's all I've got for this week. Um, Melinda, do you want to give us your life update? Mine was a little bit more exciting. I... Uh, last week, I finally got a cash in on my birthday present from my sister, which was like six months after my birthday. But her and I ended up going to the Red Green This Could Be It tour. And we started watching the Red Green show with my dad like way long ago. It's a Canadian sketch comedy show that's mostly probably geared towards men because it's like, you know, a men's lodge club and they're just hiding out from the women. It's funny. I highly recommend it. If you can find it, watch the episodes because it's funny. But this could literally be the, the last tour that um, they're doing for the show because uh, Steve Smith is 74 now. So, <laughs> you know, going on tour takes a lot on you, I hear. I wouldn't know. But yeah, that was super cool. He came out and he took pictures and signed stuff for everybody. Super neat. It's nice when your heroes are actually like as genuine and nice as they seem. You know, when you said he's 74, so this could be the last time he's on tour, it reminded me of when we went to see Farin in concert. <laughs> That's right! <laughs> we went to see this German musician in concert several years ago. God, it's several now, not just a few. Um, and when... So we were in essentially the pit, and there were two teenage girls in front of us, and they're speaking to, to each other in German, and I'm translating for Melinda because it's so funny. But one of the girls, who couldn't be more than like 15, is twirling her hair and sighing, I'm so glad we got to see him now because he's like really old and he could die at any minute. Keep in mind, the musician we were seeing was in his early 50s. I think he was like 51 or 52 at the time. Yeah. And it's like 50 so young. 74 is not that bad, but you're getting up there. Yeah. It just made me laugh because these girls were like, you could tell they thought death was imminent. It was imminent. Yeah. Like, he could croak at any moment. Like He might not make it through the show. That's so sad. <laughs> That just made me feel so old, too. <laughs> right? Good lord. Yeah. But then also this week, um, I ordered some DNA kits for my boyfriend Mike and I, because I kind of want to see how white he is, because <laughs> he doesn't really know. <laughs> and then I want to see how Asian I am. But I'm also slightly worried that I'm not going to get any Asian back, and then I'm going to have to call my mom and be like, um, <laughs> someone explain. Uh, well... I hate to break this to you, but um, I believe you might be Asian. I believe I am. I totally believe I am. Um, I'm just worried that the DNA test won't tell me I will. <laughs> you know what? Spoiler alert. It's going to come back, you know, roughly 50% Japanese. I'm kind of hoping it's a little bit heavier on the Asian side. That, that's not how that works. <laughs> yeah, well, you, your DNA doesn't grab like 50-50 uh, from both well, parents. Well, no, so. but... We'll see what the results are, but I'm going to say you're probably about 50% Japanese. About, yeah. But yeah, I'm just excited for that. We just have to, um, I don't know, figure out what we're doing and send it back in to wait for our results. So that'll be fun to share once we get that back. Yeah. See how white I actually am. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my mom did her DNA test, and that's a whole like three series, three episode series all in and of itself. But, oh um, gosh. Now she really wants me to do one, and she gave one to my nephew for Christmas, and I 
I don't need a test to tell me I'm white. I know I am very, very white. Yeah, but like, you can see what kind of white you came from. Yeah, but I know what kind of white my mom is because she did the test. I know. I don't know. Ancestry stuff, when you're such like a muddled mush of Euro whiteness, I don't uh, I'm not going to plan you a trip. You could get something really cool, though. Like, what if you get like Viking? <laughs> Some sweet Scandinavian Viking roots. That'd be badass. I think we do have that, though, and I don't care. <laughs> I don't know. Like, well, the ancestry I'm stuff I'm disappointed that not... you don't want to know about your badassness. Have you met me? Do you think there is any badassness in here? No. <laughs> not, no. <laughs> That's a fair point. I'm just, I'm pulling for you. I'm hoping there's something cool. Yeah, my mom took the test and ended up finding her biological father. So I can see the appeal for her, but I I know who my parents are. Although some Do days you? I question it when I see them buying serapes. But, and it's straw hat. <laughs> but oh no no no, you are straw hat shopping too. I get it now. You're related. You own a straw hat? Are you kidding me? You own what too now? No, I don't. I didn't buy one. Aww. But yeah, I don't know. My parents, my mom is super into genealogy and I just don't, I don't know. Uh, that's fair. I can that's see fair. why it's interesting. I'm just if you don't know a lot about your past, I guess that's interesting. But my mom can trace our family back like a thousand years. So what else is we this test going to tell me? Stuff back, we can trace stuff back on my dad's side a lot further than we can on the Japanese side. So I guess it's because I don't know much about the Japanese side that I'm kind of curious to do this. So we'll see. Yeah, well, I just want to confirm that I'm Asian, damn it. And have your Asian reveal party? It is a solid life plan, I'm telling you. It's funny. Melinda wants to do the equivalent of a gender reveal party, except when they do hers instead of a pink or a blue balloon inside. It'll be yellow ones. It'll just be yellow. <laughs> Which sounds horribly racist, I realize that, but I'm sorry. I think it's funny. Yeah. It's, and I'm kind of not sorry. It's your ancestry. It's If it were me saying <laughs> that about you, and to be clear, this was her idea. This was my idea. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. When you get the results back, then come back and talk about it and tell us what your percentage is. Am I banned until that episode? Yes. I don't want to see you until your homework is done. Wow. That performance review last week did not go well. No. No, it did not. (laughs) Oh, gosh. I had to do a performance review at work plus three performance reviews for my professors at Wazoo. Let's just say results were mixed and I won't say for whom. Oh. Mostly for the professors. Let's just be honest. Ooh. Plot thickens. Anyway. Moving on. Uh. Uh, travel news. Yeah, so a couple weeks ago, the New York Times released a, I think it was an op-ed about how traveling is too dangerous for women. And that's an oversimplification. It was mostly about how more and more women are being harmed while traveling solo and how with the increase of women traveling solo comes more and more risks. Um, Here's what I have to say about that. <laughs> Sarah's op-ed on the op-ed. Yep. And I would like them to transcribe that and run them in, run that in the next issue. <laughs> <laughs> Just, but like, yeah. I So here's the thing that frustrates me is that a lot of people were taking this article and using it as justification to say, well, if you travel solo, then I, I don't feel bad for you if something goes wrong. That's not how that works either, people, by the way. Yeah, it's all very victim blamey. Like it ran with a story of a woman who was staying at an Airbnb in a gated community in Costa Rica. And they go to great lengths to say she did everything she could possibly do correctly, but 
she was still kidnapped and murdered. Well, then. Oh, shit. Like, I, what more did you expect from her? What more would you want? And it seems like the conclusion they go to is rather than going to all the lengths to be as safe as possible, they just wanted her not to leave her house. Like, don't go to Costa Rica, period. Don't travel because you're a solo female. But nobody is saying these things to men. When men get injured while traveling or assaulted or murdered or whatever, it's, oh, no, can you believe this horrible thing happened? But when women do it, it's, well, you know, serves you right. And Which is, ah. It's all just so that 1950s. It really is. It's one of those, like, women, you don't leave the house. You stay put. You make dinner for your husband. It's like... You pop out kids. You don't have to stay in the kitchen, but you can't leave the house. You can go to the grocery store and the bank, but that's it. <laughs> no. Maybe the hair salon. And I saw this article being reposted in several different places. And in at least one post, it was an older woman who said, well, this is why I don't travel solo. And frankly, if you do, I don't feel any pity for you if you get hurt and ladies no band together (laughs) help each other and she kept saying don't travel without your husband uh oh my gosh well sarah congratulations apparently you're my travel husband (laughs) i was gonna say you can travel with with your your boyfriend uh... but i can't travel ever again Poor Sarah. Yeah. No, you can be my travel husband too. Okay, I'm already your Instagram husband. Yeah, that's true. See? <laughs> We've got this plan. You take that, lady. Yeah. Wherever you are. And it was so frustrating because so many people were commenting, hey, you know, as more and more women choose not to get married until later in life, are you expecting that they just forego traveling until their mid-30s? What do you expect for them? And her reply was basically, get married and then you can do it. Uh, that's, that's not how that works. That is so not how that works. I wanted so badly to reply to her and be like, that is not how life works. You do not go on hold until you get married. That it, you just, ugh. But I chose not to reply and just quietly mocked her in my head. That's not how should, that's not how life should work. Like we shouldn't just work, work, work. And then like, oh, one day when I retire, I'll travel and do everything I wanted. You got to do that while you can, when you can, and not just work for something better later on. Like take advantage of the time you have now. Yeah, and the th- Go out there, be out there, be a part of the world. And what's several times in the article, they say, well, the trend is that more and more women are traveling solo. And there's examples X, Y, and Z of women dying while traveling. Well, if you're saying that thousands upon thousands more women are traveling solo and you can only come up with X, Y, and Z, it sounds relatively safe. It's kind of like we realize that not everybody gets murdered every day all the time, but occasionally it does happen. Yeah. And what I really wanted to see was statistics on it. Like how, what, what is the increased risk while abroad versus at home? Because people get murdered all the time everywhere. Does it matter if it happens somewhere else? Or you can be robbed at home and abroad. Yeah. It, it doesn't matter. Like, grr. Yeah. Ugh. And the the article did have a lot, a lot of replies to it that they posted a few days later. But here's the thing is, what's worse, a risk abroad or a risk at home? I guess if I'm going, if leaving my home means that I'm statistically more likely to be the victim of something, do I care if it happens down the street or a thousand miles away? What, like, there's always a risk. What constitutes as it being really bad? Yeah, I don't know. Ugh, I... That whole article made me so angry because basically the implication was single people don't get to do what they want. I don't know. I didn't like it. I do not enjoy it. Yeah, no, that's just, that's awful. Just It felt very much like they were saying, silly women, get a man. (laughs) Or silly women, travel in packs. Like, no, I'm not going to wait for someone else. 
I don't want to travel in a pack. That sounds awful, too. So, yeah, that was a news story that happened recently that really, really irritated the crap out of me. You can travel solo, ladies. It's okay. Yeah, just there's a safe way to do it, and there's a- Be smart. A risky way to do it. But the thing is, is even when you're at your safest and most hyper alert, shit can still happen. You cannot predict- everything. Just sweat and get stinky. Here's what I liken it to. It's like crossing the street. Crossing the street has inherent dangers to it, but you stop, you look both ways, and then you make a decision and you act on it. That's how you have to travel. You know things can happen. What can you do? What is predictable? And you act with what is predictable in mind. Sure, someone can come tearing around that corner and hit you anyway, but you can't live your life. Like, you can't just, uh, I don't know how to phrase it. Not cross the street? Yeah, like, sometimes you have to get from point A to point B. You can't not leave your block. So you can't anticipate every erratic outlier. And if you spend your life trying to do that, you're never going to get anywhere. Very, very true. So now that we're like 20 minutes into this, do we want to talk about our in-flight cocktails? Yeah. (laughs) Which you got, Sarah? I have more like in in-flight, in-flight refreshments. You'll edit that out so I don't sound drunk, right? Nope, leaving that in. <laughs> That's gold. Uh, well, mine is already gone because we started this like 30 minutes ago. Forever ago, yeah. But my drink of the week is just water because I kind of feel like I might be getting a little sick, but not sick, just kind of allergy-y. But wait, 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 don't start yours yet. I oh, shit. have a second water. Oh. oh, this is where I get fancy. It's, a, it's fancy. So one of the things that I've- Is it a- in a can it is in a can (laughs) (laughs) you and i have already talked about this this should not come as any surprise so what i got so i've seen this on flights and in airport stores before and i always kind of wondered like what's the deal with that because it kind of sounds maybe a little bit stupid but sounds a little made up but i saw it at a pharmacy the other day and i thought okay i'm just gonna try it it was like 80 cents maybe 75 so why not try it who cares and it is one of those aerosol cans of water facial spray and if you look at the ingredients it literally just says water there is nothing else in it which so 80 cents is not (laughs) terrible but it's kind of stupid yeah and I feel like I could replicate this with like an, a perfume atomizer, like an empty one that's never been used before and fill that with water. So it's more eco-friendly. You're not buying cans of aerosol stuff. But one second, one second. <sighs> it is it is genuinely <laughs> really nice feeling. And I feel like in a nasty plane, it might feel nice to like get some water on your face without you know splashing actual water so you're wet it's just like a nice fine mist wait did you just say splashing water to your wet (laughs) so that you you know like a fine mist does not leave you like with beads of water running down your face versus actually splashing water i still live live in washington where sometimes the weather's just misting and i hate it (laughs) i freaking hate when it's just misting just rain or don't pick one no in-between bullshit yeah well i think once i use this can up i won't be buying another but I will look into what other things I can do because it does feel nice. Like your face can get really dry and itchy on flights and kind of gross, which is why a lot of flights now have that mist thing going on. Oh, what? Yeah, a lot of them. Like when you wake up, you'll see like a faint mist coming out from the lights over the bins. It's a thing, I promise. But having your own that's ready to go, it's not a terrible idea. I wouldn't pay for it again, but it does the job. Oh, I'm I'm getting classy on Sarah's level too. Just wait, wait. Yes. Oh, shit. Um. 
For those who can't see, she almost spilled and she made a weird face. So something tells me this is not a good drink. Well, this has also been sitting out for a while. I've gotten classy this time and I have canned wine and it's a uh, rosé. Um, Seattle wanted to be more involved in this podcast because I just got a call from Seattle. Not going to answer that. Oh, what's up, Seattle? I'm here. <laughs> I can't even say I've arrived because I'm already here. I've been here. But yeah, no, I have canned wine that's starting to get a little warm. So mm, who doesn't love warm wine? <laughs> Oh, that reaction was beautiful. <coughs> Please don't die. It betrayed me. It went into my lungs. <laughs> That's not how it's drinks work. Wine. It has to go down the other tube. For the record, this wine is trying to murder me, and that's only one sip in. Put it in the fridge and leave it for Mike. He doesn't drink. Oh, that's boring. (laughs) He doesn't drink at all. He's just not into it, and that's fine. Oh, and I'm only doing this for Sarah because it's canned wine. (laughs) She had a canned Bellini last week. I'm like, I'm going to get canned wine. Down in one. Down in one. Good lord. I have not had good luck finding good tasting canned wine. I don't know how you drink like canned drinks like that Woof! yikes so how do you feel about your canned wine i have yet to find a good canned wine that i like and i actually do like wine it's just this canned wine stuff is not it's not working for me should talk to my sister she oh no she liked she found a boxed wine that she really liked i have had boxed wine that was actually pretty decent and it's not like the oh shoot what's the, what's the stuff you always end up drinking yeah, Franzia one. Okay, so now that you are no longer dying from canned wine. No, I've pushed it away from me. I cannot with this wine. Um, Our topic for this week is travel safety and precautionary things that you can do. Um, Ahead of time. Ahead of time. After this post, after this podcast goes up, we will have a post on our blog listing all of these tips plus more. So check it out. If like, don't sit here taking notes. You're probably in a car. You can't take notes while you're driving. That would be bad. But if you want to reference any of this, go back to our website, which is www.c2unknown.com and you'll see it right there. It'll be one of the top posts when you read it, assuming you read this after the blog po- after the podcast comes out. And this is also stuff uh, we've based on things that we've done just to make sure that we're good and things we've learned along the way. Yeah. With new experiences. Uh, some of these will be useful to you. Some of them might not. Take what is useful and use it. Ignore the rest, I guess. And um, yeah. find your own things that help you. And let us know. Share. Yeah. If you have a tip that really, really works for you, send us a message because we want to hear about it. We do. Because we, we want some interaction going on. So the first thing on our list is this isn't so much a tip as it is a question. And the question is money belts, yay or nay? Melinda, what is your take? I have never used one. I have never felt that I needed to have hidden money on my person. I, before I went on my exchange trip, my mom bought me a money belt, a neck wallet, and I, was there a third thing? I think it was just those two. And I literally never used either of them. The thing about money belts and neck belts and that kind of thing is that it seems like a good idea if you've not been elsewhere before. But the thing is, is that they're inconvenient because you have to fish them out of your clothing every time you need money, which if you're trying to be inconspicuous and blend in and whether or not you can actually do that is debatable. But if that's your goal, congratulations, you've just made yourself very, very conspicuous because you're shoving your hand down your pants or down your shirt every time you need money. Yeah, it's one of those like, hang on, let me pull the front of my shirt way out and dig around for something. They're bulky. 
Fun fact, people do that in grocery stores all the time, and it's disgusting. Here's my sweaty bra money. And if they pull their shirt out far enough, you see things that you don't want to see. Oh, hey, it's a free show. That nobody wanted. (laughs) So, yeah, I think conceptually they are okay but in practice, they're just really super inconvenient. And they make you more of a target than you were if you just had a regular wallet in a bag. Yeah, I've never felt the need to have one. I've never been on a trip and thought, like, maybe I should have had one. I don't know. Yeah. I think it's kind of a waste. I think the f- you can just as easily and more practically protect your belongings if you carry a bag with a zip-up top. As long as your bag zips and you walk around with your hand resting over the zipper, you're fine. The one time someone tried to pickpocket me, it was because my bag was unzipped and I hadn't taken the time to zip it. I was in a rush and left it open. But I had my arm over the top of it, so I felt the hand going into my bag and was able to pull my bag away pretty quickly. No means no. Respect my That's all you have to my purse's autonomy. But yeah, I, um, I don't know. If anybody has a good story about a money belt working and how they function with their daily tourist life, Tell us. I want to know. Tell me your stories. But if you if you're on the fence about whether or not you need to spend money on a money belt or not, chances are you probably don't. Even in places with heavy pickpocketing, and you may notice I I don't say pickpocketing, I still say pickpocketing and I don't know why. Um even if you go to one of these places, like there are things you can do that don't involve keeping your money down your pants or down your shirt. Either way, it's maybe invest in a super cool-looking fanny pack. Sarah and I are still on the hunt for one day we will travel with fanny packs i just don't feel like i'm ever going to be cool enough to pull off a fanny pack i'm getting that's like kind of the point i'm getting to the age point where it's tipping from hey i'm cool and into fashion and oh you're old and you like fanny packs just embrace it no i refuse i will not be seen as old by the children and the youths from the youths But if you do go the non-money belt way, um, don't carry all of your money and your credit cards with you. Yeah. Like, you don't need all of them. The potential always exists, no matter how safe you are being, that something will be stolen from you. So don't keep all of your stuff in one place. Have back in the hotel, maybe in your suitcase, a credit card, something that's your like break glass in case of emergency option. And maybe a little cash just in case. Yeah. But that doesn't mean hide cash. Like you'll see in a lot of like Pinterest things like hollow out a chapstick tube and put your money in there. Has anyone in the history of chapstick ever used an entire tube without losing it? Why would you put your money in something that people are known for losing? You're going to lose. Yeah. Yeah. So especially if they have cats. Somewhere in this house is a tube of chapstick that the cat stole and hid and I have no idea where it is. Yeah, Moose stole a lipstick from me and I only knew about it because I came home and he was covered in like fire engine red lipstick. He just wanted to get fancy for your homecoming. It's like, puppy, if you wanted to learn how to wear lipstick, you should have just asked and I would have shown you. Set you up with some YouTube videos all day. Yep. So that is the next tip. Keep your money in separate places. So at no point does anyone have access to all of it, to steal all of it from you. And just as an organizer, organizational method i usually have like a small coin purse that i use for the currency of wherever i'm at and then i have like my american wallet so at any point like you know 
if if we were to get robbed, they can have the small coin purse yeah. of the currency for there and not have like my credit cards and everything too. Yeah, and a lot of people will suggest you carry two wallets with you, one with like expired credit cards and a small amount of cash. So if someone tries to mug you, you can throw that at them. I don't necessarily know that's necessary because I don't know, as someone who tries to travel really light, the idea of carrying two wallets is a little much to me. Well, I, I end up having two wallets, but one's American and one's foreign. And then, you know, if they can have the foreign one, because it's not going to have a whole lot in it anyways. Right. But like having a dummy wallet. Yeah. I don't need a third decoy one. Yeah. And then our next one is have someone at home who has your travel information. So someone who is aware of where you are, um, that can be as little as much as you want. It could be like a rough itinerary. They don't need to know what you plan to do every hour of every day. But like if something were to happen, then they could alert someone. They'd say, okay, she went missing. This is where she was supposed to be that day. Yeah. This is what city, what country, and probably where you're supposed to be staying. Yeah. Generally, be good details. I give the person like the hotel information, and if they have the address and the phone number, they know where I'm supposed to be by the end of the day that day. Yeah, for sure. And then um, sometimes things do happen, like when we were in Os. No. Tokyo. We were in Tokyo, but our first stop on our Japan tour was in Osaka. And by the time we made it to Tokyo, Osaka had a pretty big earthquake. I mean, yeah, pretty big. Pretty big. So it was, geez, it was like early, like 2 a.m. in the morning in the States back home. And we were fine because we weren't, you know, we were in a different city by that point. And I didn't want to freak people out. So I didn't say anything until people should have been awake back at home to be like, hey, we're good. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I get the text of, um, are you guys alive? And it's like, yeah, we're in a different city. And it's like, okay. But that was a learning lesson to like, just because it's 2 a.m. back at home, send them that text that they'll see when they wake up of like, hey, this place, that's not where we're at. They had an earthquake. We're totally fine. Well, and we had just left Osaka. Like it had happened the day we had left Osaka. But when it happened, we were already in Tokyo. But it could have been worse because as we were, like I was Googling. Okay, so we checked into our hostel in Tokyo. And as we're putting our stuff away or unpacking sort of in the hostel, I felt the building shake. And I thought, oh, did we just have an earthquake? So I pulled out my phone and Googled Japan earthquake. And there's all these stories about an earthquake that had just happened in Osaka after we had left. So same day that morning, and we had just narrowly missed it by maybe five or six hours. So it's not narrowly missing it, but well, we missed it was it. the same day, and it had only been a few hours before. And I also did not even feel the one in Tokyo. Oh, I felt it, but I also thought I might have been a little crazy because it was subtle enough that I wasn't certain until I Googled it. See, that's the joys of living in an old house near trains and like heavy trucks that kind of make the house shake when they go by. You don't notice the little earthquakes. <laughs> you know, minor earthquakes. Well, the one in Osaka was seven something. Yeah. So we were just feeling the it one after. Or like the way out waves. Yeah, it was maybe like a three to four. But being from Seattle, we've both felt a lot of earthquakes in our time. Yeah. And that was so minor where we were that like, I didn't even know it. But yeah, everybody back at home was like, you should have said something ahead of time. It's like, I didn't want to wake anybody up and make them panic. They're fine with it. They're fine with that 2am text. Yeah. Well, and most people have their phones on do not disturb anyway. So when you wake up, you go, oh, okay, something happened, but they're fine. Yeah. So then when everybody else texts that like central point person, you know, they're 
not going to be like, um, what? Yeah. Um, and with that, if you're a person traveling solo and you have concerns about your safety or you have travel anxiety or any of that, that central person could be your check-in. So maybe you text them once a day at a prearranged time and say, hey, I'm back to the hotel. I'm fine. Talk to you tomorrow. And then maybe set up some sort of arrangement where if you don't give them that message, they text you. And if you don't reply, they take actions xyz and right. that's not have a plan yeah that's not something that melinda and i do but that's because we're traveling together most of the time i also don't do it when i travel solo because i don't really have that anxiety about being someplace new but if that is something that you struggle with or maybe that feels like a barrier between you and traveling then just have a plan plan what you're going to do maybe text your person at 10 p.m every single night so they know yes you are home and you are in bed or tell them hey i'm not back yet but i am going to this place and i'll text you later just have a plan be prepared and you'll be just fine so long as that alleviates some of the stress for you and sarah let the record show that if you travel solo you i can be your your check-in person Aww, i got you that's friendship. But let's be honest, it's going to be Adri. <laughs> can I be? Wow. Can I be the backup at least? Okay, you'll be my backup. Adri's already that hooked up with so all that. sounds so forced. But if you do travel solo and you choose to or not to check in, you should always be around. Uh, be aware of your surroundings and your belongings. Yeah, this one is super important. Like, Just keep your eyes up when you're moving around. Don't spend too much time looking at your phone. Be aware of what's going on around you. One of the stories that popped up in one of the travel groups I saw was, I, th- I think a lady in Costa Rica again? I'm mm-hmm. not entirely sure. She and her daughter were at the airport they were at their gate they took their stuff off and put it on the seat next to them and the next thing they know the lady's purse was gone and it had everything it had their money it had their passports. i don't know about the boarding tickets but everything was gone because they left it on the seat next to them and you know it was a whole big ordeal trying to get everything figured out with the airport staff and having them help them and they were getting frustrated because it didn't seem like anybody wanted to help, but they left their stuff next to them like that. I mean, like, it's kind of okay to have your luggage next to you because that's not that big of a deal, but your purse where it has everything you kind of need to get yourself back home, you should probably leave that strap to your body. Yeah, like, keep it in your lap. And I don't want to sound like we're blaming the victim because her stuff was stolen and it sucks, but... And nobody really tried to help them, which sucks. But there's only so much they can do. Like, what the airport is not responsible for your belongings. I mean, once you check a bag, they're responsible for that. But they aren't responsible for your things that you keep on you and you should keep them on you. For instance, when Melinda and I travel together, if one of us needs to go into the bathroom the other holds the person's stuff and she wasn't traveling solo she was traveling with someone else so they didn't really have any reason for their stuff to be out of their possession don't leave your things on a seat don't like just keep your stuff attached to you something as vitally important as your passport should be with you always if not locked up yeah i like to channel my oma who like even she lived in missouri so when she came up to seattle to visit she would still be sitting in our living room in the house with her purse on her lap (laughs) I don't know why, but she just would. And it was just a funny little cork. And like, I always think of myself as my Oma with my purse on my lap everywhere I go when I'm out traveling. So yeah, keep your stuff. It's not something I want to lose. And if for whatever reason, maybe you're in a restaurant and you're eating and you can't sit with your purse in your lap while you eat, wrap the strap of the bag around the chair leg so that it's attached to something, it's anchored down or 
just don't hang it over the back of your seat because that is like a recipe for getting your bag snatched away. Or forgotten. Or forgotten. On the back of a chair too. Or if if your bag isn't too heavy, you can always like have it like over your knee Mm -hmm. too. If it's, you know, just like a quick little lunch, not like a full on dinner thing. Just so you're comfortable. It's on you. So if it does start to move without you, you're going to notice it and you're not necessarily going to forget it behind when you get up to leave. Yeah, several years ago, my sister was taking some sort of trip to Paris and she had her purse just sitting under the table at the restaurant and it got snatched pretty fast and she was stranded in Paris without a passport, without money, without anything. So it can really be that easy. Just because your purse is tucked out of the way doesn't mean that it's not accessible. They People, if someone wants to get your bag, they're going to get your bag unless you're being vigilant about it. And if something like that does happen, it's always good to write down local emergency numbers or to also know where your embassy is in relation to where you are. Yep. That's something we've gotten into a good habit of researching and having written down on a piece of paper so we're not reliant on just our phones for Mm -hmm. that is emergency numbers and embassy. So if you really do need help, you can get to the embassy and start making your your slow trudge to getting your documents back or like getting new documents getting all that stuff replaced is a huge pain so take the precautions to protect them rather than have to do the legwork to get them replaced later yeah and something that's also handy is to have copies of your documents i do a photocopy of my passport the credit cards i'm bringing and my driver's license Mm -hmm. which it helps but like if you're needing to submit like your uh passport for a form of like legal form of id they're probably not going to take the photocopy but it could be helpful for when you're trying to get it replaced. Yep. And another thing you can do is if you have like an itty bitty flash drive is store copies on that and keep it either in your suitcase zipped up in a pocket or on your key ring so that you have all of that prepared if your bag is stolen. Just keep them separate. When in doubt, keep your copies aside from your hard copies. Keep everything in separate places so that the likelihood of having all of your stuff stolen is pretty slim, but maybe one thing, like your purse is stolen or your suitcase goes missing. If you have them in different places, you'll be better protected against, you know, how crappy that is. Yeah. Uh, The next tip is keep your phone charged. Your phone Like, did people travel before phones? Yes. Is it a whole lot easier with your phone? Also, yes. Your phone... Unless you're in China. Actually, I didn't have all that many problems in China. It was just really slow. I was surprised by things that were supposed to be blocked that weren't blocked. But anyway. But you were able to magically get to. But no, like, your Google Maps is not going to be that detailed. Or, well, I guess you don't get Google Maps. But, like, if you can pull up a map, it's not going to be that detailed. Yeah, but your phone is an ability to call a cab if you need it it's directions it's people being able to track you it's emergency phone numbers it it has so many different things you could use it for that it's so important to keep it charged could you get by without it if it dies yeah if your phone is stolen will you live yes but why risk it keep that thing charged so you have access to all of these essential emergency resources and if it's going to be a long sightseeing day where you're also going to be using your phone for the camera just have a little um a little battery that can easily fit on your purse your backpack whatever you're bringing with you to store your stuff so then when it does come to like hey i kind of need directions you still have battery and you can still take your photos of whatever you're seeing yep just be prepared and like have all of those things set up on your phone ready to go just in case you need it also maybe don't trust 
strangers. <laughs> this one seems kind of obvious, but sometimes people who are really charismatic are also really, really bad people. So just because someone has come up and offered to help you and they seem super friendly and nice, take that with a grain of salt. Like, I don't want to say people are bad, do not trust them. But what I will say is even the people who seem good may not have your best interest at heart. So bear that in mind. Use good judgment before getting into cars with strangers. Also, always, always, always do your research before you go. So doing your research can be as difficult or as easy as you want it to be. But I would suggest maybe going into travel groups and seeing what other people say about the destinations, um, Googling what are the most common scams in these locations, because it's always kind of good to be prepared for that. A lot of them are very similar, like they try to give you something. And once it's in your hand, they ask you for money. Um, I know in Athens, the number one thing I saw was bracelets. They'd say, hey, I have a bracelet for you. But if you put your arm out and they tie it to you, then they ask you for money because you fought it from them, even though clearly you haven't. One, it's just implied. Yeah. One really fun one is the when they give you a rose and then as soon as it's in your hand, they ask you for money. One of the best, best reactions I've ever seen to that happening was a woman is holding the rose, they're asking for money, and she just out of nowhere leans over and bites the flower off the stem. Yes. And then walks away. And I think the guys trying to scam her were like, they were so speechless, they had no idea idea what to do because how do you respond to someone eating a flower like a goat and then dropping the stem and walking away that is so badass that's my new hero i think yeah i i think that lady knows exactly what she's doing she is so far beyond our skill set that she's on another plane right pinterest is also somewhere really good where if you're just like looking up like travel tips for so and like someplace you're gonna get ones that are also gonna tell you like hey this is a common scat uh, scam here we'll just tell you this and all you know it's also a good research place of what to see what to do and maybe what to avoid for safety general rule is anytime someone tries to put something in your hand don't let them and if they try to like show a map or like put something in front of you that would block your view in some way don't let them because that's a common one where they take like a big map or a book and they shove it into you so while you're distracted by the pressure of the book like up against your stomach or your chest they can go through your pockets because your attention is elsewhere um in doing your research if you feel inclined to ask someone who's from that destination what they think the bad areas are and what to avoid be very careful in how you phrase that i think it's important to be courteous and not say hey i'm going to paris I hear you're from there and I hear it's dangerous. What should I avoid? Nobody wants to hear that, that outsiders think your city is bad or dangerous or whatever. I would always implore you to come from a place of, hey, I'm staying, I'm going to be visiting Paris, for example. What's a good place to stay? Can you tell me what are your recommendations? And if you eventually come around to, hey, are there any places that I should avoid? That's one thing, but just don't come from a place of this is scary. Nobody wants your to hear that. Your place is scary. I'm going to get shanked. How do I avoid it? Yeah. So be courteous. <laughs> like nobody, if somebody said, hey, I want to visit Seattle. Can you tell me what I should avoid because I hear it's dangerous? That wouldn't land well with me. One, because I don't think Seattle's dangerous anyway, but it's not like we're not in the midst of a war. It's not a dangerous, scary place. It's just, yes, it's good to know what places should be avoided, but be nice to the locals. And in all fairness, let's be honest, we all kind of have the bad neighborhood. Like no matter where you're from, there's always that one bad neighborhood. Yeah. But there's 
a better way to approach it. Yeah, so be nice. People are more receptive to niceness than they are to accusations. You can catch more flies with honey than vinegar. Or accusations. I don't think you can catch more flies with accusations, but good try. Anyways, I think that's um, like the the roundup list of some pre-safety travel things that you can do just to... But there is one more important thing. Oh, get your travel insurance. It's literally the most important thing you can do. Get your insurance. It's better to buy it and have it and not need to use it than accidentally falling. Like a lot of stories are like, hey, I went to Machu Picchu. I took a wrong step and I fell. But I didn't just fall. I kind of went down the side of a big hill yeah there's so so many ways you can get injured or maybe your flights don't work out or maybe your bag goes missing at the airport or whatever there's so many things that can go wrong during travel whether they are actually like dangerous or just mishaps protect yourself from them and in doing so you protect your ability to travel again in the future because if you get hurt and you need to be evacuated while you're traveling just say goodbye to your money because that is not going to be cheap no it's not any emergency rescue things like if you did fall wrong step wrong and fall at machu picchu it could be something major it could be something where you can't easily get down on your own yeah and for you and whomever if you are traveling with somebody else for both of your sake you're not going to get everything back that you spent but you're gonna get something so you're not completely without the experience or the money yeah and this is doubly important for people visiting the u.s because our healthcare system is not cheap like protect yourselves from us please please do it (laughs) as someone so i am an american citizen living abroad and i'm sort of in a insurance limbo when i come back to the u.s because i can't get travel insurance for my home country like that's not how travel insurance works which means when i come home for christmas every year i'm uninsured and i just live in terror for three weeks that if i'm in a car accident and i have to go to hospital i'm just screwed like there's nothing i can do about that i will be bankrupt in an instant so don't live with that kind of terror protect yourself yeah and your travel insurance is good for medical things it's good for like trip things of planes of like luggage that's lost or stolen and stuff like that that it's somewhat recoverable and it's it's worth the price. It's not that bad. Um, fun fact, in Washington, it's usually a little bit cheaper to get insurance for the same trip as versus someone in California, we learned. Yeah, whenever we booked tickets, we'd put in the exact same details, but because I was a California resident, I had to play, pay ever so slightly more. Because apparently- You guys are risky. Yeah, Californians living on the edge. Cost a little more to insure. I've seen how you guys drive. <laughs> <laughs> and- It's really, really important to not put off getting travel insurance because I think you have to technically do it within a certain number of days of booking your tickets because the suspicion is that if you book it too close to your trip, you're just getting it because you know you want to cancel your trip. So they won't give you travel insurance. Ooh. Book it. Or like maybe you're already there and something happened. Yeah. Book it as soon as you possibly can because who knows? Get your final costs. If you find out that that you're sick and you can't go, you need that insurance already in place. Yeah. And um, I usually have mine go into effect, I think, a little bit before I go and a little bit after I get back, just in case. Yeah. Just get it. Get it quickly. And because if you, let's say you get your insurance two weeks before your flight, knowing that you've just found out that you need surgery and you can't go, well, they're going to want proof of why you can't go. And that will involve getting a note from your doctor, some sort of documentation. And if the date on that documentation is 
if it's in conflict with the date you got your insurance, let's say I found out in the morning I was having surgery and in the afternoon I got travel insurance to cover myself, tough, your insurance is void. Like you have to have it before any diagnosis or any event comes up. Don't risk it. Don't wait. Get it. Better to have it, not use it, than need it and not have it and lose all your money. Yeah, the 50 to maybe 100 bucks for insurance is worth it when the alternative is thousands of dollars in medical bills. Yep. Get your travel insurance. So I think that brings us to our the end of our episode. Do you want to give us your travel tip of the week? Yes. Um, if you order stuff online from Sephora's website, check out their promo codes and their different free samples that they give you with online orders because you can find a lot of things that can easily go into your 311 bag versus buying the things that are marketed as travel size from Sephora, which is usually kind of a ripoff there. Um, one of my favorite things to try and look for is hair care things for like leave-in conditioner or stylers so when I let my hair air dry it doesn't look super crazy and like I'm homeless but yeah try and that could be like your little bit of luxury too on your trip of something that's small enough to go into your bag and you didn't pay $15 for like a 1.5 ounce bottle yeah and with that if you're ordering on Sephora wait till they have the good samples because sometimes you look and it's just kind of boring stuff or maybe it's all stuff you've tried before and you don't care about Or like in Germany, it always seems to be perfume samples. And as someone who can't smell stuff, I don't care about the perfume samples. So time it so you can get some good stuff if you can. That's not always possible, but I mean, if you can, why not? Yeah. Try and plan ahead, but always check this out because there's some pretty good stuff that they have online. Agreed. Sarah? So for my tip, if you are planning on bringing self-defense items like um, pepper spray or those stabby cat keychain things, stuff of that nature, um, one, check if you can get it through security because a lot, a lot of those cannot be put through security. You will have them confiscated. On the off chance you do get them through, make sure they're legal in your destination because they aren't legal everywhere. Not everyone wants their citizens to have pepper spray. It's kind of dangerous stuff. So um, make sure that they're legal. And if they aren't, do not risk it. Leave it behind. Because if you are caught with it, that could be a fine. It could be an arrest, depending on the country's laws. And if you're arrested, that could mean you're never allowed to come back. And if you're in the EU, that means you're not allowed anywhere in the EU. You're not allowed in the EU. You're not allowed in the EU. Um, So yeah, do your research on that topic as well. Because just because something is legal where you are doesn't mean it's legal everywhere. Be smart. Don't be a dum-dum. Exactly. That's like the whole moral of like this episode and the last episode is just be smart, be aware, try and plan ahead for what you can. Yeah. And when you're in situations that you couldn't have planned for, trust your gut. That's true. That is very true. But yeah, uh, join us next week where we talk about more travel stuff. Surprise! (laughs) What? I know, you're all caught way off guard by this change of tone and topic. Yeah, imagine that. Uh, Yeah, I think that's it for this this week. Come back next week and we'll talk about other stuff. Travel related. Probably. And off topic stuff too, don't worry. Like canned wine. Ah, don't do it, you guys. Unless you found like the best canned wine ever, let me know. I'll give it a try. Maybe next week I'll try a canned mixed drink. I'll get brave like Sarah. I'm telling you, that's the right way to go. Just get the canned Bellini. You can never go wrong with a Bellini. I don't I don't trust that statement because canned wine is not good. See? It's the sugar. Sugar covers a whole array of sins. Oh boy. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs>
I'm just going to use that excuse for everything now. You're like, what? The sugar covers all my sins. I didn't say it'd cover your sins. It covers the sins of a bad drink. You can't tell it's bad because it's sugary. Okay, well, I'll keep my eyes peeled. Maybe I'll find one. Maybe I'll get brave. But on that sugary, sinful note, uh, shall we cuddle it a week? I think we should call it a week. Okay, bye. Bye. Oh, wait. Don't forget, it's an adventure. So drink the canned wine. Why not? Why not? It's an adventure. Wine not. Ha, ha, ha. Bye. Bye. (laughs) Hey, everyone. Thanks again for listening to another episode of Seattle to Unknown. Don't forget to tell your friends about us and subscribe so you never miss a thing. You can also find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Pinterest under C2Unknown. That's S-E-A-T-O Unknown. Or you can check us out on our website, www.c2unknown.com. Want to know what we do on our off time? You can find both Sarah and I on Twitter and Instagram. Sarah is at S-A-R underscore S, and I'm at Hooligan Monster on both. We would also love to hear from you. Send us an email with your stories and travel tips to c2unknown at gmail.com. Until then, it's an adventure. Bye!